Welcome to Accountants Law Pod, where accounting professionals and law firms converge. Hosted by Linda Artisani, Sarah Prevost, and Stephen Lippart. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. And uh, today's topic, I think, is going to be one that will be much listened to, and it's how to balance a trust account. We're all kind of joking before we started today saying, ah, I'm out. I don't want to talk about this topic. We talk about this topic all the time. And actually it was Steve. So I'm going to toss it over to Steve and let him start to talk about how to balance a trust account. And why do we want to balance a trust account? Go ahead, Steve. Well, it's it's so vitally important. That's the one of the main reasons that our clients hire us, that our legal clients hire us, is to keep those trust accounts in balance and keep them out of hot water. You know, one of the things that that I've learned in, in helping to train people over the years on how to balance the trust accounts. You know, you've got three legs of that trust account that you've got to balance. You've got the bank, the billing software, and the bookkeeping software. Quite often I see people stumble in making entries as to what they think should have happened, not what really happened. And as an example, maybe they messed up a, a trust transaction and they're like, well, I'm just gonna post what should have happened. And then we go to balance the bank statements against the trust accounts and we find out that that's not what happened at all. Um, and so it's it's training people that it's one step at a time. It's double checking your work. If there's ever any piece of work that you wanna double check, it's your trust transaction. So if you make a journal, if you post a journal entry, um, to the trust account and the bank and all these different things, you want to go back and double check and make sure that it's there, that it's it's correct. And and the most important thing is is keeping these clients out of trouble. And you know, trust. I love the subject of trust accounting. I did. I'm just weird that way. But you know, I I can go down a lot of different avenues here. But one of the big ones that I like to do, and I'm making Sarah laugh, but one of the get Steve all excited here. Yeah, give him the, candy. It's his candy. <laughs> it's my candy. <laughs> I love trust accounting, totally love it. Love the the challenge and the puzzle and figuring it out. But I, I wanna throw out there really quick too, you can become such a hero with your clients, number one, by keeping the trust account in balance, following the procedures, having your SOPs made and following them, sharing those with the clients so that they understand the process because they don't wanna do the work. They're not gonna take it away from us, but they need to know what to do and then Number two, being very honest with them if they make a mistake and, and explaining to them the whole process. And then number three, the KPIs that are related to it. Trust transactions become marketing tools. They really do. They, The more money that you mm -hmm. can teach your client to have in the trust account, the more future business they have, and the more you can tie KPIs, key performance indicators to that trust balance. I, I'm going to throw it back out to you two, but those are my passionate things about trust accounting. I have a good question for Sarah. All the attorneys we've talked to over these five years or so, how many of them tell you that their trust is balanced? All of them. And how many of them actually are balanced in compliance, the, the viewpoint point of compliance? I only had one. Yeah. We only had one out of Seriously, all of them. that is a true, true statistic. One. That is and such I, a good point because they're going to yeah. run away. They're going to tell us. So we'll take them on. Oh, yeah, it's imbalanced. Yeah. <laughs> it's right? But balanced in the bank with QuickBooks isn't the same as right. balanced for compliance. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, I think that that's the 
part we like to drive home. And I often also wonder how many people actually give their client a three-way bank reconciliation? Well, whatever they give them. I mean, no matter what, I think the, the value of, of the data that's provided is considering, it's the consideration of, did the bank actually handle it right? Did the transactions clear as written? Did um, did we look at what the undeposited funds or the uncleared checks are? Um, did we, to Steve's point, which I think is a really good point, the intention was I wanted it to go this way. Uh, that really actually did not happen like that. So how are you going to fix that? That happened at the bank. Yeah. Right. That's the source so of the truth. Source, right? The source of truth. Yeah. Linda and I was talking about this. Uh, yeah. You may have well-intended this transaction to be this way, but the reality is that's not how it transferred. We even had banks. I mean, no one's perfect. We've had a bank totally take an entire um, transfer of multiple transfers and double it up. I think that there was money enough on both sides, but how how incorrectly was that done? And then the fact that we had to like help this person get it back and the bank was, it was just challenging. And so no bank has it, right? We've had it where a bank throws the interest in, but never took it out. Yep. So, okay. Well, try to tell your client. <laughs> yeah. Try to tell your client they got to go fix 32 cents. Yeah. Some banks, some banks will straddle that over months too. They'll take the money out in one month. Yeah, that makes it harder. Yes. I think I, that we just did a cleanup like that and was like, you're kidding me. I'm going to kill this thing. Yeah. <laughs> is it never zero? Let me ask you too. In, yeah. your, in your honest opinion, is that client imbalance during the bridge of the, that transaction happening? They're not. Technically, they're not per se, but they are by means of the validation we, of what's we happening. We put it in a clearing account, so eventually yeah. it'll clear out the next it's month. Clear. And we put yeah. it as a sub-liability account, so it yeah. is in, it's in mm -hmm. compliance, but there's money in there that really shouldn't be there. Mm -hmm. I don't mm -hmm. understand why that happens on some banks. I mean, dealing with the banks is just a challenge in itself as a legal bookkeeper or an accountant because all the banks are different and some some are more difficult to work with than like the Chase and the Bank of America, the big banks that have a better array of banking, online banking. But I also think since this topic is how to balance a, a trust account, remember the trust account balance, the money that's in that trust bank, you need to know who belongs to each and every penny. That's the key to that. Just because that money's sitting there, it's not the same as operating with, you know, the firm owns $10,000 and it's $10,000 that belongs to the firm. That's the balance at the end of the month. It's who belongs to every single penny that's in that trust account. And that's the part that gets missed because we see firms that think it's balanced in the accounting because it bank matched and they don't even do the reconciliation piece of it. So that's not that's not reconciliation. That's not, well, you need to know who it belongs to. Even bank matches can get the better of anybody can be wrong exactly yep. they can yeah. be wrong you batch it you don't batch it you individualize it you have the same recurring amount yes name in it you didn't validate the source of where it came from so how do you know it's that you've got seven of them to match to mm -mm. Well, no, Sorry. i've seen situations where they don't take the uh uncleared checks as an example mm -hmm. into account and then they're like, okay, well, I, I need to move more money over to the trust account now. And it's like, no, 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 don't do that. So, you know, the workaround for that is to provide them with a spreadsheet each month that, that shows the mm -hmm. checks and the reconciliation report and the bank statement and get them in the habit of signing off on all three of those documents so that you can keep them in your source documents 
for that client and to protect you in your liability insurance. Yeah, we've seen we've seen attorneys that they take consultation fees in and they put it into trust because that's the bar rules for where they are. And then they move it back over because they've earned the legal income. They've done the consultation and we've seen them just leave it there as a cushion. Yeah. And you can't always leave a ton of money as a cushion. I could see why, because they don't want to deal with it. And they figure if I left a lot of money in there, it covers whatever happened if I did made a mistake. But in a lot of states, I think probably all of them have a rule about how much. Some, you can't have any extra money in there. And some, maybe a nominal amount, $250 or less. And you can't leave thousands of dollars in there as a cushion. And why would you want to? You've earned it. Why would you want to leave it there? But it's it, they, they, a lot of them are afraid of the trust account. They'll even go out of their way to figure out, how can I do this? Because if they do the work, it shouldn't really be a retainer moment, but you've got to follow the bar rules. Ultimately, that's the that's your Bible, right? You've got to follow the bar rules. And if you don't, I mean, you'll be out of compliance. That's the main thing. And, well, and it also comes down to whatever money's left over. Yeah, you brought that up, Linda, which is Steve brought up, is it, talking about, the, like you mentioned, the key per performance indicators. Well, there is a way, like within trust where a case might be, you may have, depending on the level of engagement, probably depending on all kinds of things, you you may have earned dollars in there that actually really do need to be. So the routine of basically having this presented to you or being having it viewed does assist in the cash flow predictions and, and what needs to happen. To, so you both brought it up. I mean, and like you said, Linda, it's earned money. I mean, she's, yeah. I do, it's not your savings account to leave it in. <laughs> no, it's some attorneys will come to you and they'll say, they'll say to you, oh, I know it's not right. And I know I'm owed money and that my money's sitting there, but yeah. I don't know how much to move over. Can you help me? Yeah. And that's where we come in. Yeah, exactly. So we have to come in and detangle and figure out what happened. A lot of the, let's see, Steve, actually, you tell me what are the things that happen? What's the common things that happen that throw the trust off balance? Um, oh my gosh, there's so many. Put him on the spot. Hi. I know, but he's, he's Steve. It's his birthday. <laughs> it's his birthday today. Oh, so happy birthday, Steve. Intermission here. Happy birthday, my dear friend. Oh, thank so you. Related. Happy you shared that with us. <laughs> <laughs> So wire fees, right? Wire fees coming out of IOLTA or trust. Fees, bank, bank fees. Wells Fargo is notorious for charging. Oh, bank Wells Fargo. Fees. Sorry, we named a bank. Sorry. Whoop. That's okay. I mean, I'll name that bank as long as I'm alive. I mean, <laughs> that's what they do. They're a good bank. I like them for trust accounting. I really yeah. do. But yeah. uh, they're yeah. notorious for, for charging the bank. A fees. check order. A check order. Um, wrong amounts. We had one just this morning. I was working on a trust account. The check was for seven thirty two oh three, and the bank cashed it for thirty two oh three. Yeah, that's oh, what yeah. we were talking about earlier, right? The transposing of number. I mean, people make mistakes. It's, it's not a robot itself. There are validations behind. Or this it, happens but... so often with trust accounts, especially. Uh, I see this with real estate attorneys, where they will write a check and they'll forget to post it. Yeah. You know, and they're like, well, yeah. I, you know, I, I did what I needed to do. I thought it would catch up at the other end. It's like, no, no, we've got to post this because we're keeping track mm -hmm. of your trust account. You know, mm -hmm. for a lot of them on a daily basis, we'll, we'll sweep through and look at them every day. You know, how about when an attorney deposits the retainer into the operating into the operating account? Yeah, that one happens a lot. Or 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 the system or the bank does it. Up. Well, because like certain platforms that you use to collect money, if it's in the form of ACH or credit card doesn't 
really help the person understand the discernment. So they just pay it in whatever they think it is when they realize there's two tabs on that screen. I don't want to say the name of this product, but event that this does happen very frequently, especially if it's a link on your website. I mean, it's just an, the merchant account. You're talking about the merchant account. Merchant they, didn't account map it to the right, yeah. they didn't map it to the right bank account. Or they didn't put pick the right tab, you know, yeah. because it does have two tabs. One is if you're paying an invoice, one is if yep. you're a retainer. Translation retainer, sometimes people just, they, they know what a retainer is, but you get lost when you're paying a bill, I guess, or when you're paying a bill and a retainer. I don't know. And you know, the, the other thing too, one of the things that, one of the very basic things that I harp about in the classes I teach at the Bar Association, especially to new attorneys, make your trust checks purple, make your operating checks yes. green, you know, make yes. on your, they should. So clear, true. They should, in Colorado, it's called the Coltaf account, the Colorado Legal Trust Account Fund, Coltaf. Okay. And clearly on the checks, big bold letters. It should say the Linda Artisani Law Firm LLC Cole Taff account, and it's a purple check. Yep. And, yeah, and I love that. Separate drawer. The That's a great tip. You know those ba really basic things to keep yourself. Well, e even separate numbers. We go as far as asking yes. for separate the numbers. Numbering, yeah. So operating can always start with the one hundred, one thousands, whatever the heck you want it to be. But you can never start that. So if you have a you know three or four, go up higher because you're going to meet it at some point. But if, if you have a series in that number, just continue in a different path. So, yeah. And now, here's another thing, too, that is so key with our clients and the trust accounts, and that is to make it abundantly clear that we're on their side. Yes. When they make a mistake, don't hide it from us. Don't don't delay what getting the answer to us. We're going to go to bat for you. Mm -hmm. And... You know, I've, I've had situations, we're in one right now with a firm who's really worried about an audit from the, the uh, regulatory agency. And I said, well, if that happens, you can show them that you they, you specifically hired our firm to clean up this trust account and that's in process. Yeah. And we'll be glad to share whatever we need to, you know, should that happen. And so, you know, teaching them that you're on their side and they need to include you in every little thing. If they make a mistake, pick up the phone and call us. I have a question. The odds... Having somebody in-house doing the work for some firm, that's what firms want sometimes, right? They, they they like that. But who's checking that work if you don't know what you're looking for as, an, as a firm owner? I mean, it, that's it, why I say they need to sign off on that spreadsheet, on the bank statement and on the... Um, well, it's best to hire an outside firm yeah. to validate yeah. our, our positions at, as firm owners ourselves is... We're not tangled up in egregious behaviors that are happening internally. We're not emotionally attached to certain exactly. things. We're providing a service. The service is of value. The service means something to you. It means something to us. And we come at it as a professional to professional. Um, if you have someone in house that we could work with, great. However, same kind of metric. You are the business owner. We will be working with you in tandem with so-and-so. Um, so yeah. we build better relationships, I think, right? With the person. How about this, how about this well, one? We had a firm who I just, I had to just continually remind this poor lady. She she was billing out of out of her accounting software, okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't get her onto a billing platform to save my life. So I'm I'm like, okay, we'll do it out of, out of the software. She was notorious for when a client, it might dispute something on an invoice that she's already built and we took the trust money for she would go back and open that invoice up again and change it which would throw off everything we did in oh 
this happens, guys. It does. It does. It happens reality. There are so many moving tentacles to trust transactions. Where I think it's really important to, to get this message out to everybody. Not only are you reconciling and keeping them in line, but you're educating them continuously. Mm-hmm. And with that said, as law firm bookkeepers and accountants, we really should know the rules and regulations in every state that we have clients and have printed out, save it in a PDF, whatever works for you, and have it thumbnailed and ready to go so that you can quote it or that you can say, I don't have an answer. I'll get back to you within the hour and really be on the ball with with the trust accounting mm-hmm. because they'll... Yeah. Zillion different things can happen. Yeah. And I would shift the conversation a little bit to, because it's how to balance. So Sarah, you get a client, like you just said, 99% of them, they're not in balance. How do you figure out to get it in balance? How do you know where it, to start? Linda, let's, let's do 99.9. And that okay. count that little one as the one anomaly. Because it was true. very true. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that day that it happened. We were like, oh, it's balanced. I know. Shocker. So um, <laughs> going back to your question is how do you, how do you view it? What's the high how level? How do you figure it out? How mm-hmm. do you figure it out? Obviously, um, like Steve says, you've got the source documents, the the bank statements, right? And, and looking at that, grabbing the data in the, if they're in two softwares, let's say you're in a practice management software and a ledger, accounting ledger system, whether it be QuickBooks, Zero, or anything of the like, whatever the ledger system is, and you've got to pull the data. Now, sometimes what we see um, and there's always this dispute of how to look at the data. Some are subledgered out, meaning every matter has its own little kind of register on a balance sheet. Others may be grouped into just one number. So first validating, do those, those numbers even remotely look good? Are they reconciled? And then what's inside that reconciliation? And then you dive a little deeper. So it feels very kind of forensic-like in some cases, not that you wear those hats and have that certification, but it has that same process. I have seen um, dialogue in social media things where it's like, well, it's just a penny. Well, depending on the level of complexity of the trust, depending on what's allowed, depending on all of the different things, just a penny means a whole heck of a lot in our world. It's not just a penny. We've got to find the dang penny. Um, So, but you start at this high level view and then you work kind of gradually inward and you group it down and group it down. There are processes that Linda and I do. There are processes that we do together. Sometimes, um, you know, Steve has like, hey, I got to walk this through. Just help me talk this through because it can get really heady and complex. It can. Sometimes you got to reach out to a fellow colleague. It's like, you do. I want to make do. sure I don't have my blinders on. <laughs> and then you find patterns. So yeah, you, and I have, you, find patterns. you and I have worked on some. We'll, you know, we'll pull up the balance sheet. We'll look to make sure the bank and the liability account, and maybe hopefully subledgers are there. And we can figure it out from there. If not, we have to figure out what's the sub, you know, if it's customer based, we have to sort it by customer to see yeah. each one that they have. And then we'll actually shoot it into the sub liability. So we have that visibility, but we pull that balance sheet up. If those two balances don't align yeah. the bank yeah. and the liability account, now we got to go and pull the, we pull it up by the entirety of the file and then sub it down by year. So now we can target when did it last balance by year. Then we start to back it in. By month, what month did it go wrong? And that's what you're trying to figure yeah. it out. And it's it's challenging sometimes. And it's funny, like you said, Sarah, we we because we have the law lab, we talk about this in in we actually have, 
I've actually destroyed our own file and had everybody come in and say, okay, <laughs> let's figure out why is this wrong and where is it wrong? Because don't forget now you've got that on the balance sheet and all that. Now you got to go back to that external software, that billing software, because that might have a whole different bunch of numbers in it. And now if that's not aligning, there's your third way, right? We mm-hmm. got to figure out what's wrong in Clio, what's wrong in Lean Low, what's wrong in my, wrong in my case or a practice panther or whatever they're in, because yeah. that number at the end of the day, if you run that report, might not align. And if it doesn't align, now you've got another issue you have to figure out, especially if it's not connected, which a lot of times it's not, and they've got it standalone. And that's another problem. So we're currently working on a a trust reconciliation that goes way back that involves three different billing platforms. Oh, don't you love that, Steve? (laughs) And so what what we have to do, what we're doing is we're taking a spreadsheet with a tab for each of their clients. Yep, we've done that. And in that tab, it says... Sarah in Lean Law had this. In Cleo, oh. she had that. In mm-hmm. Ab, she, Ab had, she had that. And yeah. Then, then we see that you took Sarah's four hundred dollar transaction and you lumped it with these ten other clients. And fourteen mm-hmm. days later, you did the transfer at the bank. And mm-hmm. that's and we have to map that out by client. Mm-hmm. And then a general tab of all the general questions on it. And one of the rules that we work with is, you know, the clients are usually very antsy about getting it reconciled. And so they'll be like, well, let, you know, if you need to know what happened with Sarah's account, just call me and I'll fill you in. And it's like, we're going to wait till the end of the project. Yeah. Because sometimes Sarah's transaction might take seven or eight months and it works itself out in the record. It's cleared out. Yeah, and you it don't clears want to Yeah, out. because it, so, you might have changeover in staff. You might have changeover in managing geez. partner who discovered it. Has a different and change order software. Um, I also think they changed the bank. Yeah, like that. That project I just mentioned. We also just switched banks too. Yeah, we, we had that. <laughs> yeah, we did add that to the yeah. list. <laughs> we did that too. <laughs> a serial yeah, software changer, right? A well, serial software changer because it's not working. Let's change the software. No, it doesn't fix it. It doesn't. Well, the best part paint. is when you get the ones, Linda. Like what we have is the intention was to go. It's three firms owned by one umbrella, right? The intention was that this matter was going to move to this firm, same ownership, but it got all tangled up. And so then it's like this this separate bank, separate uh, IOLTA owes this IOLTA the money because this money came in here and not here. And And then they posted on the books the the intended. The the intended. intended. And it's like. But that's not what really happened. It, it, it is a deep, deep dig dive. And yeah, so and, and wow. being, why did we want to talk honest, about this? Keeping the, cli- keeping the client involved throughout it, though, when I said a minute ago to hold off on the individual transactions till the end, yeah. but also yeah. throughout the, the reconciliation, keeping them involved because they quite often think that we're just, you know, waving a wand and, and you have to be honest with them and say, you know, it looks like we're another two or three months out if we keep going at the pace that we're yeah. Selling, yeah. You know, yeah, kind of and, involve them because it can turn into an expense, a big expense for them. Can I yeah, and you, you know, we always say too, like when we were talking at the lab, we always talk about it when people say to us, "How do I price? How do I price this? I don't know how to price this. I don't know what I'm going to face." And you really have to dig into the first of all, you should get paid for your file review, number one. And second of all, when you do get into that point, take a look at what you think it might cost. Don't look at five, ten years of data you have to fix. Look at it as one year and then put a number on that, like the biggest year where they were the busiest. And you can kind of figure it from there in pricing because it is it is a lot of work. And it's I mean, tricky. It's not yeah. perfect science. I mean, there's different no. 
ways. But can I ask, so um, when you're doing this level of cleanup, and I'll just ask both of you, I think I know Linda's answer, but you start to, do you look at it through the lens of, okay, what was happening then, the patterns, what was happening now, same people in the same seats, if there is, do you start to advise on the process mm -hmm. differently? Like, so the outcome is different so that you're not facing the same challenges by the time you kind of back up into the current year. What, what's like, what do you two both feel like is the best? I mean, what is the but best? You see, you've established the patterns. Oh, yeah, for sure. You want, yeah. you want to, because I mean, just for example, because we just came out of this one, the person's booking in transfers. You know, QuickBooks says it's a transfer from IOLTA to, to operating. Boom, mm -hmm. transfer, boom, transfer. Doesn't account in for all the other parts of the, the working parts of what actually happened behind that transfer. So you mm -hmm. want to stop, you want to cut off, when it want to stop the bleeding, <laughs> you know, <laughs> before you keep going because you don't yeah. want to have to, how long is it going to take you to catch up to July, for example? You don't mm -hmm. want to be in September still dealing with this because you didn't tell that person this good is point. not the right process. That's a really good point, yeah. And, you know, yeah. to what I was saying a while ago, SOP, it start start writing the yeah. SOPs mm -hmm. for this firm, for their trust transactions, and start sharing it with them. As mm -hmm. an example, I used I used that example of the firm that, that with Sarah as the client, took mm -hmm. her $400 and include it with a whole bunch of other people and transfer it 14 days later. Stop the bleeding with that and say, we need to do, because your trust account is so complex. Mm -hmm. We need to do individual transfers for each client until mm -hmm. we get this figured out mm -hmm. because it'll just continue bleeding if you don't. Well, mm -hmm. there's the other opportunity. I just, it came into my mind and I feel like we don't talk about this enough in general, and maybe we should, is when firms are merging or, or a firm wants to merge with another firm and one we've cleaned up and the other one we're realizing, hmm, we got some issues over here. What does it look like? How does that happen? That's another opportunity of not just work, but just advisement and, and guidance and structure. And if a firm is closing and another one's taking over, yeah. you have yeah. to have that. Well, we had it happen where one firm was purchased by the firm we were working with and they have to send notes out. I mean, they don't, just because it got purchased doesn't mean that all that trust money goes right over to them automatically. They have to write letters. And there was a compliance piece to that. And they had to know what was in that trust account. Because if you don't know what's in the trust account, how can you write to Sarah and say there's $400 in here and this firm's going to be closing and it's going to go into this firm? Are you okay with moving the money or do you want your money back? If you don't know what's in it, you can't really even do that part of it, which is, again, makes our job so valuable. Mm -hmm. It also keeps us ahead of technology. Because I'll tell you what, what did we just talked about? Is not an AI thing that's going to be bop, bop in, not in our <laughs> lifetime, Steve. No. I, mean, I don't think it's going to be able to come in and do that because it's, it's so much of our brain. Specialized that. Yeah. Know. And I can't tell you how many times Sarah and I have dug into one big, I was just going to say big, you know, <laughs> project. And we're sitting there sometimes going, we're trying to, we're trying to talk to each other. We're trying to figure out we're doing it on a weekend because it's quiet. No one's interrupting. And then sometimes we just call uncle and say, let's just look at it with fresh eyes tomorrow. And then it comes to us when we look at it the next day. It's like we just so couldn't what, see the forest through the trees. What have you done in the situations? And you've you've brought this up in the law lab before. What have you done in those situations where you finally have to go back to the client and say, "How far back do you want us to go?" Mm -hmm. Because we keep digging and digging, and we're back to 2014 now, and you're still out of balance. How you know what? That's always puzzled me. So I'd really like to hear how you handle that and the advice that you would give them to keep them. Mm -hmm. in an audit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
Um, it, it's it's all about communication on the front end. And then as you've said, Steve, it's in that as that you're doing communication all along. Just because you've gone dark and you're doing all this work, you're not not communicating. But at some point in the dialogue, it's like, okay, well, we've reached the end of this year and we're already seeing our findings are X, Y, and Z so far. Let's have a conversation. We need it isn't in our interest to want to keep going back per se, unless there's something about this. Do you feel that you have, that we've given you enough facts that you can actually work it out? Because a lot of times you're the source of information as an individual. Fundamentally, you may know what the answer is as the firm attorney. You know, you might be a solo, might be a two partner, three partner. One or two of you may already know what the answer is. And we've hit a number it actually is like, oh, oh my God, that's what that is. Okay, okay, so be it. But there comes a point where you you want to make sure you're that delicate line. So it's not like, oh my God, they're just going back and going back and they say this. No, you want to have those meetings and level of communication open to for assurance, transparency, and ultimately the guidance. It, it, at one point, do you want us to put, some people have said, please go back to the beginning. Okay. Yep. That's 2016. That's 2015. That's 2014. It's not a paper grid sheet. Or or it's in storage. Or, yeah, or it's on a secret spreadsheet somewhere. Oh, I've got a spreadsheet from when I started. Yeah. You think that might help? It's like always ask for the extra spreadsheet because yeah. it's there somewhere. But know? I think, Steve, to your point, you you have it. I, I, I'm fairly certain you probably have this in your base of communication. But at some point, it's like, I'm not surrendering. I'm just asking for confirmation. Exactly. Where would you like this to travel? Um, and I'm going to present to you where we are based Let on what we need. all the pain here. You know. mm -hmm. Yeah. And and let's discuss what what's better, best suited right now. And they're they're I mean, they're attorneys. They're smart. This is their this is what they do as individuals in a profession, analyze data, research data, understand the law. Um, and the intent is never to let make it so somebody's out of their own money. Right. Never, never from you, our business to serve, right? Like that as a professional, I mean, that's why sometimes what we heard with Theofan in our meeting was like, sometimes you're best not to do the consult as an attorney because you're giving away a lot of information that needs to be paid for. Um, yep. So that, you know, you're in that business to serve, but I, I that's my take on it. Well, and also you need to document every minute of every day that you're working on that trust project to Linda's point, uh, trying to come up with a price of what it's going to cost to do this cleanup on the trust account. Mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes there's a, there's sticker shock because it can be several thousand dollars. Mm -hmm. Yes. A lot thousands, of thousands of dollars. Yep. Thousands and thousands of dollars. And, and if you get to the point though, and that attorney's like you're t at 2015 and you, there's still a problem. Yes, there is. And if you've cleaned up a $5 million trust and you're down to $27 and 18 cents, how much further are you going to go back? And if they say, I've had enough, we're not going any further back, get that in writing. Mm -hmm. Get that in writing from them for our purposes. Mm -hmm. If they don't want to keep going because the problem, you know, it's probably something in insignificant at that point. But I mean, it's ultimately on them when it comes to balancing trust. Um, we'll go all the way back to the beginning, but you know, you really... Well, there is some areas though that we, yes. as we've learned that we have, we could get in trouble. So to yes. Steve's yes. point, the, the documentation 
connection, the openness, the validation, the mm-hmm. mutual sign off. We're mm-hmm. presenting you this. You've we've understood it. We've had a meeting. We agree that this is okay. I mean, there we have learned that. Yeah, there is that piece, and so so again, it goes back to what is it worth? So is it worth having an external person coming in to validate these things for you? That has this knowledge because they should go all the way back to the penny. Yeah, absolutely. It goes back to two thousand two. Even in our own profession, we have there are people that mm-hmm. argue that. Sadly, and that's fine, but that's and, not how you know. The thing sometimes is they can't get the they can't get the bank statement because they close that bank account. Please don't close a bank account unless you don't have all the documentation. As attorneys, please, if you're going to close the bank and move on to another bank, download every single bank statement because if you lose access to that, pay the pay the fee to get the, pay the fee and to get them it. Do it. Yes, <laughs> T- get make sure you get them all because electronic and paper is fine too. Like yes. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. So. It's just the painful way of, well, I don't have access to it anymore. Well, that yeah, really stinks. One of the That's not going to work with the bar. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> one of the tricks that I like when you're first working on the trust project reconciliation mm-hmm. is to ask the client, go through this list of clients that we're providing you now out of your uh-huh. billing software and on the sub accounts and all that. And tell me if you're still working for them or when you closed your file out. That's huge. Because when they see, when they tell me, oh, I see Sarah Prevost has $400 in there, but we stopped working with her in 2015. Oh my gosh, there's, there's something glaring right there that you can go after. That's an obligation. They have to give that money back. Well, or did they not just transfer it? Or did they not pay themselves? I was just hoping they are for that Extra dollars behind the four for me. Well, it's more than 400, basically. <laughs> okay, you have a $40,000 return. Oh, okay, okay, I'll take that. <laughs> That's another piece of it, though, Steve, right? Because yeah. balancing the trust also includes following up on those unclear checks, which is something that doesn't happen with a lot of general bookkeepers. Yeah, yeah. Or they just disregard the fact that there's a ton of payments sitting in undeposited funds not dealt with. Why are they there? Should they be there? Are they duplication? Those are the things that we need to make sure. And if there's a bunch of trust accounts that should be closed and zeroed out and just removed off the list, it, that should be done too. And this, so it's a lot of work involved. I hope any attorney that may be listening can understand now a little bit more about the, the heartache of this and how important it is to hire somebody who knows legal accounting, a bookkeeper that knows, and we've got a lot of them in our law lab, bookkeepers that know how to do this work it's going to save you a lot of time. It's better than training somebody that's not done this work because there's a lot involved. A lot of the attorneys don't even understand what's involved that we do. You said something critical. I'm just laughing because hiring somebody that knows this work. Well, oftentimes it's the person inside the firm that knows the little least, but they happen to know how to print a check out of something. So yeah, they those are the ones that are helpful too. They're helpful to us, but a lot of times they got served that job because they were the best paralegal. They were the best legal assistant. Hey, can you do this bookkeeping stuff? Simple. You really want that outside eyes, no matter what that person's doing that's in that seat. They're Mm -hmm. really the conduit for us because they're boots on the ground in the office. But we want to have that person be our ally. And and they are usually better served. If they're a paralegal, you shouldn't be doing the bookkeeping. Let the company that knows what they're doing do the bookkeeping for you or the Mm -hmm. accounting work. For you, I mean that's critical. It's money well spent in the yeah, long run. You feel like bam, bam now, bam, bam. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the visual. Are Listen you to us. 
This was a great topic. I think this was Steve's. Well, you know, this is, I can tell we, uh, we all get so passionate on this one. I I love the energy of this podcast today. (laughs) This is is the basis of what we do. Potatoes, but I don't eat meat. So can it be vegetarian? Well, like I, I said, know. sour potato, potato. <laughs> That's funny. I love I didn't it. Say that on here. I said it before, but yeah, potato, potato. I, potato. I know. <laughs> good, good times. Good times all around. Well, obviously, we like. We, we are like, passionate, and if you want to learn yeah. more about this, this is law lab stuff one hundred and one. We talk about trust accounting all the time because we can help you even figure out the Clio side. So. Um, for well, sure. you said just that one. We have more that we can figure out. We talk about a lot of other topics, but this one in particular is one we discuss quite often. So mm-hmm. I, I want to reiterate what you talked about a while ago, Linda, is is feel safe and calling another colleague. Yes. Call, you know, call somebody else and say, hey, can you take a look at this for me? Mm-hmm. Can you? You know, because sometimes we can't see the forest for the trees. Yeah, sometimes we're looking at 0.60 cents and it's seeing our eyes are seeing six and it's like, what is what it's what's wrong here? And then it's just something as simple as our brain is thinking it's something else. I love it. Linda does the usual. I I just I get quiet. I'm like, I know it's not going to work out this way, but she goes down her little rabbit hole of like, well, let's just take that number, divide it. I'm like, oh, the nine, the nine rule, Steve. Yeah, the T account and the nine rule, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does it not nine? You know what else, guys? Give it, let's give them a little tip. Don't be afraid of using T accounts. Yeah, draw, exactly. draw out your T accounts. You know draw how it to out. Do that? It's like this, <laughs> like that. It's so true, though, because oh, yeah, it, oh, yeah, he's got his. <laughs> it's so true because it, just sometimes it's called mind mapping, right? When you feel like I can't figure this out, um, and a lot of times for me and Sarah, it's just. We're talking, trying to figure out what the heck happened here. And then it's like, oh, oh, I found it. And and then it just happens. And then there's patterns. And when you start to find out there's patterns. So you see, oh, this bookkeeper was working there from 2002 to 2008. And she did this piece is wrong. And they never reimbursed the wire fees or whatever. And then you get to 2008. It's a different bookkeeper who started booking in trust transfers. Oh, there's this pattern. And once you figure out those patterns, it's really, I mean, we're all Inspector Clouseau basically at this point in time, right? I'll be Inspector Gadget with all the arms. You can be Inspector Gadget, Sarah. <laughs> I'm going to be the that Pink Panther. <laughs> You're going to be the Pink Panther? You can be the Pink Panther, Steve. It's Who's your birthday. You can be whatever you want. I can be whatever you want today. You can be whatever you want. Well, great topic. And um, I'm going to let Steve take us out. And hopefully this is going to be a good one. This should be a lively conversation. If anybody wants to add in comments on our YouTube page or whatever, we would love to hear it. If you have any questions about this stuff. Should Go have ahead, little cheerleaders, cheerleaders running across. Yes, little, we'll have to have Tierra put like little little inspectors with these spy glass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know and the pink pet there. We'll come back to this subject as many times as we need to because it and it's always changing. You know? yeah. Every every reconciliation is different. So mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. if you'd like to subscribe to the podcast and our YouTube channel, we'd also love to have you if you'd rate this podcast and share it with your friends. If you have questions, topic requests, or guest suggestions, you can email us at info at accountantslawpod.com or send us a message through our website at accountantslawpod.com. If you want to join us at the Accountants Law Lab, which you just can't miss that, it, that's that's the best thing you can do for your career, visit the website at accountantslawlab.com to sign up. We'd love to ha- love it if you'd follow us on Instagram as well. And yeah. I think that's where are you? Where? Okay, but now yeah, where you, you traveling with Steve? Where in the world is Steve? 
going? Well, right now I'm sitting in the Airstream in my carport, but right mm -hmm. after this recording, we are hooking up and heading up to Salida, Colorado to the Vintage Airstream Rally. Oh, that's going to be fun. You'll have to post pictures on our on our page. Tierra. Give them to Tierra. She'll put them on. I, I started out as a member of that club back in 2006, and I the vintage airstreams are in my heart. I'm mm. I'm going to be with my tribe for the next few days, oh, and I'll be working from the airstream. So, mm -hmm. you know. mm -hmm. I love it, and I called it accidentally an Airbus. So <laughs> maybe you'll fly like a bus. <laughs> I can't afford the gas for that, though. I know, right? not at this rate, no. But we'll have fun. We're excited to see the photos and hear all about it, and. Yes, until next time, right? Yeah, thanks for joining everybody. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.